podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe, oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Here comes Bosco's Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for an episode. Um... Kind of like the news, like, hey, what, what's happened, Scott? You pre-recorded something with Jeff Mitty, you did a drunk Q&A. Scott, a lot of stuff's happened, we want you to talk about it. I mean, now's the time. Um, a lot of stuff going on, and currently recording this, waiting for um, the latest K-State uh, commit. We, we get, got a commitment signal sent out, so I'll be waiting, uh, I mean... I don't know if I'll be waiting. It'll probably officially drop during the episode, and and, and I will uh, talk about that here in a bit. But um, what? We have um, a couple portal pickups. I'm I'm presuming, I'm assuming a a Juco pickup who's going to sign tomorrow, um, today as you guys are listening to it. Um, And then, of course, uh, basketball news. Uh, Talk a little women's hoops as well. Um, so yeah, plenty of stuff to talk about. Um, busy, busy, busy time of the year. Um, you know, signing day, portal, men's and women's basketball going on and, and, you know, the run up to Christmas. So I'm pumped about it. I hope you guys are pumped about it. I hope you guys enjoyed the first two episodes this week. I I had a blast recording them. A shout out to Jeff Mitty first and foremost. Uh, you know, I was a little nervous talking to him. Um, I, I'm hoping that won't be the only time this year. Hoping to get Coach back on um, probably later in January or early February. Maybe again in March as well. Uh, I mean, that might be a little selfish. I don't know if I'm going to get him two more times in season. But great guy, great to talk to. Was able to chat with him a little before and after the show as well. And, um, you know, the K-State women's basketball off to a super hot start. Um, we'll talk about, you know, the disappointment versus Nebraska, uh, game with Wichita State, and all that type of stuff as I, as I, uh, I want to talk about who I think the commit's going to be, um, but, but that'll come in the end. We'll, we'll do, we'll do, uh, men's basketball, a little bit of women's basketball, then we'll end with football. Um, one plug, um, you know, with our friends Manhattan Brewing Company, and I'm going to talk about them here in a second. And then the 1012 Network, we did a very fun episode pairing different Pop-Tarts with uh, different beers. So again, um, two episodes <laughs> in, in a very short amount of time where um, I got drunk and talked on a podcast episode. So if you go to the 1012 podcast, uh, podcast page, you can listen to it. Uh, if you go to their YouTube page, you can see it. Um, I don't, I don't know if you really want to be seeing it, but hey, um, it's out there. It's out there. Uh, be nice in the comments if you do watch it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Again, 
Um, very festive time of the year. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, two of my favorite K State fan podcasts. Again, there's the other professional podcasters, the other journalists. You guys know where to find them. But Cocaine Willie's done a good job um, building up to the bowl game. They've had a couple episodes with some folks from NC State on there. And then uh, the Aggieville Alley Cats are always pumping out content while they're doing finals for law school. So shout out to those two guys as well. Um, Manhattan Brewing Company just talked about them. Uh, did that fun episode with 1012 Network. Uh, Wabash Ale now on sale. So if you want to buy beer, drink great beer, and support Wildcat NIL, go check that out. It's beginning to trickle out into the market throughout the state of Kansas. Uh, be polite and just talk to your local liquor store if you're in the state of Kansas and tell them you want Manhattan Brewing Company beer. Uh, tons of great um, success stories with that. It's available through Central Standard. Um, look, liquor stores are businesses. If you tell them, hey, I'm going to buy it, they're, they're, they're probably going to bring it in for you. Um, so be nice. Talk to your local liquor store. Tell them you want Manhattan Brewing Company. Um, and then every time you get to Manhattan, again, um what there, there's one more women's game before christmas and then uh a little bit of a break and then hey we got conference play and we got one more uh, men's non-con game in january uh, but every time you go back to manhattan make it part of your routine this basketball season stop in for a pint get yourself a little uh you know a little shot of b- bullet bourbon as well Get a couple four-packs. Get a couple crowlers on your way out as well. Shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. They've been with us uh, for like 18 months um, at this point. Longest running sponsor. I absolutely love them. Uh, I can't wait to keep drinking Manhattan Brewing Company beer and and doing fun stuff with them. I I, I think think we got some fun stuff that we're going to cook up to do over on our podcast feed as well. Uh, But let's get into it. Let's talk men's basketball. Um, look, that, that game versus Nebraska, um, I've cooled down a little bit. Um, I think that if I recorded an episode Sunday after the K-State Nebraska game, I, I think it probably would have been one of the biggest meltdown episodes I've ever done. Um, I was pissed off. I was pissed off in the arena. I was pissed off driving home. I was not a happy camper. Um, I had bad vibes from the second I walked in. Um, I was surprised to see as many Nebraska fans in there. Um, Literally sick to my stomach anytime I think about the Go Big Red chant that happened in there. Again, I've been in Bramlage where there's like rock chalk chants that broke out, but um, I don't, it's been a long time. It probably goes back to maybe one of the Wooldridge games. Um, that there was that loud of an opposing chant inside Bramlage Coliseum. It made me sick to my stomach. It makes me want to punch the wall. Um, I absolutely hated it. And, and again, I think there were probably more Nebraska fans um, in the arena than there have been for any other away team outside of maybe KU in a long time. I guess I wasn't at the Wichita State game last year. Um, but there was a lot. I mean, there's probably a thousand. Um, so that probably put them. I mean, that might be a little high, but I mean, it felt like it felt like there's probably a thousand, which was probably just under ten um, percent of the, the arena, um, and it sucked. It, it, it was not fun. The team played absolutely horrible the last twenty minutes and thirty seconds of that game, and um, it's frustrating. It, it really is frustrating. And, and look. 
I thought they played for the most part a pretty good uh, first half. Uh, you know, pretty late in the first half, you're up eight points. Um, you weren't playing great by any means, um, but you're playing play, playing serviceable basketball. Um, Nebraska gets a three. Uh, I, I believe they get a three to end the first half. Uh, I, I guess K-State gets a possession. They can't score. They can't do anything. Um, and then the second half, I mean, I, I don't even remember what it was. But, like, at the under four timeout, I think K-State had only scored nine points in the entire um, second half. And I think Nebraska scored, like, two points in the final five minutes. I mean, it, it's disgusting. And, again, it wasn't, it wasn't Nebraska played lights out. And, and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Nebraska um, because outside of their o- offensive rebounding, which was a massive thing, th- it's not like they did anything crazy. It's not like they scored 50 points and a half. It's not like they shot you know the ball like crazy because they didn't. They were shooting like 34% from the field. They were not shooting it great. They were not. It's not like we turned the ball over like crazy. Um, we gave up an obnoxious, obscene, a disgusting, a vomit-inducing amount of uh, offensive rebounds, and when you let you know your opponents, you know, shoot an extra twenty-five shots or whatever, it ended up being uh, it's going to be tough to win. Um, and it looked like K State lacked juice. It looked like K State lacked effort. Um, and, and Jerome Tang just kind of sat at the end of the scores table with his arms folded. And again, I, 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 I've cooled down, but again, you come away from that game thinking, all right, you know, is it an effort thing? I don't think it's a talent thing. I think you you have talent at K-State. Is it truly what Jerome Tang said? And Hey, you just missed shots. I don't know if I, I, I I know I wouldn't say it's just that there, there's something going on. Um, and I wanted Jerome Tang to be angry. You know, I, I've watched the press conference a couple times. I listened to his radio show um, on, on my drive home. I wanted Jerome Tang to be angry. That would have made me feel better. Um, same with Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's just like, hey, it happens. At least it happened now instead of March. Um, I, I wanted to feel a little bit of anger. But at the same time, I, I can acknowledge that that would have only been for me. That would have only been um, to make myself feel better. It would have only been for me to um, feel better about the game. And at the end of the day, how I feel about a loss, a blowout loss at home, um, shouldn't matter. And and, and Jerome Tank should not be doing anything performative um, for the fans if he thinks that the best way to go about it is is to say, eh, you know, there's four nights four nights a year that doesn't matter what you do, you're just going to lose the game, and that was one of them. If that's, if that's the route Jerome Tang feels that the team needs to go, then that's fine. But you're giving away a little bit of margin for error uh, when it comes to the conference season. This is going to be, a pro- honestly, a bigger gauntlet than I thought it was going to be because Oklahoma, BYU... Cincinnati, Iowa State, all of these teams, basically except for Oklahoma State and UCF, they're all better than I thought they were going to be. And, you know, a couple games where you thought, like, you know, up at Pro- in Provo, you're thinking, oh, you know, that, that could be a game where you can feel all right about going on the road in the Big 12. Nope. 
Turns out they're pretty damn good. Uh, so again, uh, a lot of this margin for error uh, about uh, what you need to achieve in Big 12 play to get to the NCAA tournament, uh, that loss versus Nebraska gave a lot of it away. Um, I, I know there are some folks out there where, you know, coming into that game versus Nebraska, the question is, you know, in your head, what needs to happen to get to the NCAA tournament? The, the reaction is like, what do you mean? There's no scenario in which K-State isn't in the NCAA tournament. That's out the window. Um, you've lost three of your top five games in the non-con. Um, you know, you're really leaning on Villanova and Providence, two Big East teams, which there's still a lot of uncertainty surrounding those teams if they're even going to be tournament teams. Uh, you're leaning on them to carry some of the water. And then you compare it back to last year and you can say, hey, Scott, you know, you didn't get any real quality wins last year. I mean, look at that non-con. It was not very good. I mean, yeah, that's fine. Non-con strength of schedule is a lot better this year. Um, but I have a hard time thinking that you're going to get, you know, as many quality wins. I have a hard time thinking you're going to be going 11-7. and seven. I, I, I just don't necessarily see that. Um, I could be wrong. And, again, I could still be melting down a little bit from that game. Again, Nebraska, I mean, they're... I mean, what, Ken Palm had them as a top 60 type team, um, relatively on par with K-State. Again, if, if that was Northwestern instead of Nebraska, um, would I be melting down as hard, you know, if, if it was the same caliber team, you know, same record, same net rating, same Ken Palm rating, would I be melting down as much? Probably not. But the fact that it's Nebraska, the fact that they had those fans in there, uh, the just you know, make me want to run my head through a glass window, go big red chant inside of Bramlage, just killed part of my soul. Um, so what would I be melting down as much if it wasn't like a regional rival, historic rival? Probably not. Should I probably chill out a little bit, take a step back from the ledge and reserve any real demonstrative, absolutist statements until you know we're at least you know four or five games into big 12 play yeah probably uh but that's just that, that's just not how i do things I'm, I'm still a raging lunatic fanatic at my core um so that's just how i feel that that's that's what that game made me feel and i'm mad at k-state basketball for making me feel that way but again that's the roller coaster ride of being a sports fan um, for as high as you can feel, you know, that Michigan State game, you know, beating Kentucky, beating KU, sweeping uh, Baylor, beating Texas on the road, all those high moments, you have the loss to Florida Atlantic. You have getting smoked at home by Nebraska and having to hear a go big red chant. You know, you have that those games at Oklahoma and TCU last year. The Big 12 tournament versus TCU last year. Oh, just hit me in the back of the head with a lead pipe. But that's the fun of being a sports fan. You know, I don't think being a middle of the road, just everything is fun, just a nice, easy, you know, stroll in the park, never too high, never too low. That's not worth it to me. You know, living and dying with every single play, is way more fun. Yes, the lows suck, but hey. I think if you're listening to this show, you know, on December 20th, instead of just, you know, getting ready for Christmas, I think you probably agree with me. 
Now, game on Thursday, uh, Wichita State in the Sprint Center. Um, first off, I think it's gonna going to be one of the most electric atmospheres that K-State has had for one of these uh, December games in the T-Mobile Center. I mean, God, since I don't even know when. I mean... Florida was Florida in uh, you know early in the Bruce era was that in Kansas City that might have been Wichita I don't know but but it's going to be an electric uh, just an electric atmosphere I, I'm looking at you know the ticket office for T-Mobile Center right now and uh, again I think that I'm sure there's stuff on secondary market but I mean in the upper deck you got maybe I mean. Pfft, Maybe two, three hundred seats in the upper deck um, still available. Uh, maybe four hundred. Um, you know, but but what in in the last few years they'd been completely blocking off the upper end baselines, um, and now those are more than half full. Um, I, I I truly think it, it's going to be um, a great atmosphere. You're going to have like sixteen. 17,000 K-State fans, maybe 1,000 um, Wichita State fans. Maybe maybe I'm pro- I might be selling Wichita State fans short, but you know, you're going to have a, an, an atmosphere that is only rivaled by playing probably, you know, in that semifinal day in T-Mobile Center. Um, so I'm pumped. I, I, I've been looking forward to this game since tickets went on sale. I know a lot of you guys are going again. If you're interested in going, there's still, like I said, a few hundred seats up in the, uh, upper baseline. Um, I think it'll be worth it again. It, it, it kind of sucks. That it's on a Thursday instead of a Friday, but Hey, them's the bones sometimes. Um, I'm looking forward to it and I, I really hope we see a dominating performance. Wichita state is not very good. Um, you know, that we, we've kind of looped them in, or I've kind of looped them in, in this, uh, you know, test of games lately, but like, you know, they lost, I mean, I guess they only lost by 10 to which or to Missouri. They lost by 10 at home to South Dakota state. Um, they only beat Southern Illinois by one point. Um, I mean, I don't even know what the most impressive win they have. I, I truly don't know what the most impressive win it. They, I mean, they got their ass kicked by Liberty. I don't think Liberty's any good at basketball. I mean, maybe their most impressive win is, I don't know, St. Louis? I, again, no impressive wins. They're not supposed to be very good. The, the thing that gives you a little bit of pause is Paul Mills, uh, who was part of, I think, eight of those, uh, maybe seven, seven or eight of those um Staffs down at Baylor with Scott Drew. So he knows Jerome Tang. He understands what he wants to do. Um, they're, I don't know. I don't know what their relationship's like. I mean, hopefully it's like Scott Drew because Jerome Tang owns Scott Drew. So hopefully it, it's a spanking of Wichita State. Hopefully folks can start their holiday early, come out, uh, a stress-free game, stay to the buzzer. Give your friends high fives, exit, have a little fun in downtown Kansas City and call it a day. I'm hoping we see Tyler Perry get out of the slump. Again, six out of the last seven games, he shot less than 33% from three. He only had seven total games like that last year. So he needs to get out of that slump. 
Again, no one played. I mean, no one played well versus Nebraska. So it's not like you know you, you can go up and down the entire roster. Arthur Kaluma, hey, he needs a bounce back. Cam Carter needs a bounce back. Will McNair, we've been singing his praise. He had an zero for five night. You know, David Gasson still just disgustingly bad at the free throw line and, and turning the ball over and just not really finding his groove on the offensive end of the glass. But Caleb Rich actually played well. Shout out to Buddy Rich. He is the energy guy. He is bringing um, a, a level of athleticism off the bench that we haven't seen in a long time now. I don't know if he is completely aware of where he needs to be, what he needs to be doing when he's on the floor. Um, but if a shot goes up off the rim, uh, he can fly up, grab it, and throw it down as a dunk. And, and he was the one guy who you came away from on Sunday and said, hey, he played pretty well. So I'm hoping to see him. You know, Give me that exact same game, Buddy Rich, on Thursday. I'll take it. Uh, hopefully Day-Day and RJ kind of find their rhythm as well. Um I'm starting to feel, and this might be the kiss of death, maybe this is exactly what RJ uh, Jones needs, but I'm starting to think, all right, he's just going to be a minutes filler, and then once Quez Glover comes back, he's just going to be a non-entity. Um, I'm starting to feel like that might just be his role. Um, Day-Day Ames, again, he, he is... Um, Good enough getting to the bucket that I think he's going to have a spot on this team. He needs to figure it out on defense. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping it's just an old-fashioned butt-whooping of Wichita State. I hate Wichita State. I don't know if I hate him as much as Mason Voth of K-State Online does. Uh, but I absolutely hate him. I, I want to beat him by 50. Um, and being able to sweep this three-game, or I guess we still have one more uh, with Wichita State next year, but being able to go 3-0 in this revitalization series, I, that would be big. Uh, so I'm just hoping, I'm hoping, I'm going to be cheering, I'm going to be there in my Charlie Hustle black uh, varsity jacket, so be on the lookout for that. Again, probably not the best game to be wearing black. Maybe, maybe I'll switch it up and go with the sweater. I don't know. I had a couple. I had a couple, you know, purchases for myself. A couple holiday gifts for myself. And look, we're just going to ta- talk about Charlie Hustle. Uh, look, you're not going to get it in time for Christmas, but you deserve a little New Year's gift to yourself. You've been good this year. You got great presents for all your loved ones. You're wrapping up the work year. You know, being a rock star. You deserve a new piece of gear from Charlie Hustle. I already said it. I bought the. Uh, K-State Varsity Sweater, the black Wildcats jacket with the snap buttons. Whew, I'm going to look styling and profiling. You deserve a t-shirt, maybe a hoodie, maybe a crew neck. Look, they have so much great gear. I promise you, your new favorite piece of K-State gear is waiting for you over at Charlie Hustle. Get over there and find it. All right, um, a little bit of uh, flowers to hand out to the K-State women's basketball team um, before we move into some of the football news because, look, they can't be stopped. They're they're up to, uh, I think, 12th in both polls. They absolutely uh, just rocked Oral Roberts. Second time going over 100 points in a game this season. And Aoka Lee once again getting National Player of the Week honors. She had a double-double like three minutes into the second quarter. 24 points, 21 rebounds. 
Yes, 21 rebounds in five blocks. And folks, she only played 23 minutes. She is one of the best basketball players in the world. Uh, Gabby Gregory chipped in 16 points on 25 minutes. Uh, Giselle Sanchez, she had uh, just lost it, 13 points in only 15 minutes. And then uh, Ziana Walker, 14 minutes or 21 minutes, 14 points. Uh, and, and again, after talking with Jeff Mitty, the amount of scoring coming off the bench with Sanchez and Walker. Um, and then you had Sides. Sides only scored three. Uh, she did grab four rebounds, but 10 assists. 10 assists in 22 minutes. Five assists for Serena Sundell. Jalen Glenn had four assists. Gabby Gregory had three. Uh, Briley Glenn had two. Again, seven, eight, and nine for Glenn Sundell and Glenn. Um, again, just a dominant game over Oral Roberts. Um, again, they have... Um, on the 20th, so uh, today as you guys are listening, they're playing Southern uh, before they have a 10-day break and play Cincinnati. Southern is horrible. Southern is 1-8. K-State probably is going to be looking to put up 100 points in that game as well. Um, and then they're going to have a break similar to the men um, before things get going uh, for conference play. Um, and, and look, I think that... The Big 12 is going to be a gauntlet. You have four teams ranked. You have three teams in the top 12. You have a handful full of undefeated teams who aren't even ranked. Um, the Big 12 is going to be nasty, and I think K-State has what it takes to compete for a share or maybe an outright title win. Um, again, I'm not going to, you know, if you're in the area, For sure, get out and see them play um, tonight, um, the 20th. But once we get to Big 12 play, you got Houston on Wednesday the 3rd. You have Oklahoma Wednesday the 10th. And again, that's Saturday. Saturday the 13th. I'm planning on being there 1 p.m. ESPNU. I think it would be worth it for you guys to try to get out there as well. Again, I know everyone has a busy schedule. But that game versus Texas, that home game versus Texas, could be a massive deciding factor, not only when it comes to March Madness, but when it comes to the Big 12 race. And again, that is the massive marquee home game. Because again, you you don't have Baylor coming to town. Um, It doesn't look like you have TCU coming to town. You do get Iowa State later in February, but that's the big one. So consider trying to get out there. On January 13th, I'll be out there cheering on Jeff Mitty and the K-State women's team as well. Again, it's going to be a massive Big 12 season. They, they have the chance to compete for a Big 12 title. And then again, get to host some games in Bramlage Coliseum. And that would be, I mean, talk about lit. 11,000 in there for a couple NCAA tournament games. Um, I hope it comes to fruition. So shout out to them. And again, one more shout out to Jeff Mitty for coming on the show on Monday. If you haven't, go back and listen to that. All right, we're going to end with some football talk, mainly recruiting, not a ton of news um, surrounding um, the actual team. Um, some transfers going out Nate, Nate Matlack going to Pitt. Uh, Will Howard is going to USC. Trayshawn Ward, Boston College. Will Lee, Texas AM. 
Jake Rubley and Xavier Lloyd both to Illinois State. Um, I have to watch a little bit of Red Bull or Red Bird football. Um, I'm I'm really interested to see what Jake Rubley has. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm a little bit more interested to see what he does at Illinois State than uh, Will Howard at USC. But hey, you know <laughs> USC's on TV a bunch, so um, I'm sure I'm sure we'll see enough uh, Will Howard on TV as well. Um, and again, looking forward to um, the bowl game. Next week, we'll have my preview episode, and then I'll have a whip around, uh, get a couple primers out there for you guys. That'll drop on game day next week. Um, yeah, next week. Man, time flies in December. Um, so a handful of commitments lately that we'll touch on before we call it a day. Um, today, as you guys are listening um, is National Signing Day. So be tuned in to K-State Online, Go Paracat. Um, I think EMA Online is still a thing over on the Rivals Network. Uh, whatever your preferred recruitment um, website is, be sure to check them out all day on Signing Day. I believe, and it's always risky to say this before it happens, but planning on recording an episode with Chuck Lilly of K-State Football um, where we will talk about the incoming recruiting class, all the signees, um, and then that will come to you guys on Thursday during the day. And then Friday, we will have my top 10 games of 2023 and five that I'm looking forward to in 2024 um, as we wrap up the week. We'll have a Christmas special where, uh, honestly, it's just going to be me talking about Christmas and a little bit of K-State football will be very meta and won't be very long. Um, 26, we're going to have the top 10 what-ifs of 2024 uh, or 2023 and um, five predictions I have for um, 2024. Uh, 27th, we will have my preview of the bowl game. 28th, we'll have some primers. 29th, we'll have my reaction to the bowl game. And then, uh, then we're going to be in a new year. So those are all the shows for the year. Again, another year with Bosco's boys. It's, it's, it's time is flying. But again, let's talk about the four commitments. All of them are transfers of some sort. You got um, two uh, Division One transfers. You had a JUCO transfer as well. Um, did I say four? I meant three. So I'm sorry. Three of them. The first one, and this one happened, um, man, when did it happen? It's just been such a busy time. Well, first off, actually, uh, Brendan Mott and Austin Moore coming back, uh, both a little bit of a surprise. Uh, at one point, thought both of these guys were going to go off to greener pastures, pump for both of them. Again, the defense for next year is looking salty. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so, again, three in, like, tw- like 36 hours. So, again, it's a perfect time for this show. The first one is Travis Bates. Coming to K-State from Austin P. Um, so Travis Bates, one of the top defensive ends in the portal. Um, this is a guy who was on Phil Steele's All-American list, freshman All-American list. Um, he had Wisconsin, Houston, Boston College, and a bunch of other teams coming after him. Had five and a half tackles for loss, three sacks this season. And again, this was his redshirt freshman year. He has the ability to come into K-State, get into the strength and conditioning program, and absolutely blow up. 
This is a guy who can take one of these massive steps up. And again, he he, he did it at an FCS level. There is a massive difference between doing it at the FCS level and then doing it at the Power 5 level. 100%. I'm not saying that this guy's going to come in and he's going to be the second coming of like Ryan Mueller or uh, Jordan Willis or Felix or any of these guys. Or even, you know, Nate Matlack. Although he was ranked. Uh, Bates ranked higher in a lot of these portal rankings than Nate Matlack. So, look, you might have gotten an improvement. But he comes in, puts on a little strength, puts on a little bit of speed, gets some coaching from Buddy Wyatt. This is a massive pickup, and this is one of those pickups that I think K-State has and will continue to really thrive on in the portal era um, because Chris Kleiman and his staff, they know big-time players can play at the FCS level, so they have that credibility with players trying to move up from the FCS directly to Power 5 football. We've seen them do it with guys, uh, predominantly defensive uh, you know, backs, corners, and safeties, but I, I, think th- I think this is going to go down as maybe the biggest portal pickup. Um, I know my friend Drew Galloway would probably disagree. Um, you know, Bates and Kitley, both massive pickups. We talked about Kitley last week, the offensive lineman from North Dakota. Um, but again, a, a massive pickup and beating some, you know, taking down Wisconsin, taking down Houston, Boston College, and a bunch of other places. Uh, it, it was a big time pickup. The next one, and this one happened earlier today as I'm recording this, Jordan Riley. So he's going to play safety for K-State. Uh, K-State beat Houston and Cincinnati for him. Um, he was at Ball State. He was an all-MAC guy in 2022. Preseason all-MAC this year. I think he was honorable mention um, in 2023. And again, this brings a guy who loves to hit. He loves to be physical. And he led the MAC, uh, if you look at MAC uh, pass breakups over the last two years, he had 20 pass breakups. 20 pass breakups in the last two years. Um, so again, he, and I, I'm ta- I, I was talking to Drew Galloway about it. I was like, eh, you know, good pickup. You know, this this will kind of fill in the hole that Kobe Savage was leaving. And Drew was saying, I don't care about rankings. I don't care about offers. This might be the biggest portal pickup that they have. So, um, Drew's a professional. You know, this this is what he does. So, if he has those sort of high words, um, then you got to you, you got to give him a little bit of credit. So, um, we'll see. Now, what I will say the most exciting one of them all, not a portal guy. So it's a Juco guy and he goes into the upcoming signing class and that is Malcolm Alcorn Crowder. So this big absolute unit of an athlete, uh, played the last two years at Butler community college here in Kansas. Uh, so this is a Taylor Bratt special folks. He is ranked as one of, or as the number five junior college prospect in the nation by ESPN. He's a four star by ESPN. And again, he had offers from USC in California, USC in the SEC. He had Florida, Miami, Syracuse, just about any offer you could think of. They were all going after this guy, and this instantly becomes one of the biggest recruiting wins for the defensive line in the Chris Kleiman era. 
Now, I think he's probably going to play one of those heavier defensive end spots, uh, but I think he also will have the flexibility to play inside if that's where they need him to go. I think he's going to play a heavy defensive end, uh, but this is the real deal, folks. If you sit back and you say, man, you know, I, I like some of these athletes, but I, but I want to see K-State recruit with the big boys. I want to see them go head-to-head with the big boys. Folks, this is another one of those recruiting wins where you went up against the big boys and you got them. This isn't the days where you get to sneak into the Kansas Juco's and no one watches them play and then you can bring them to Manhattan. No. This is a guy who had Power 5 coaching staffs showing up to Butler to watch all season long. And K-State was able to get the job done. This is capitalizing on the visits. This is capitalizing on the coaching. This is capitalizing on the culture and showing a vision for this young man's football development and for this team in the future. Again, you got to give a lot of credit to Buddy Wyatt because, again, you were seeing guys leave the program. Khalid Duke's leaving. Nate Matlack's leaving. It sounds like Cody Stuffelbean's leaving. You convince Brendan Mott to stay. You get Bates to come. You get Alcorn Crowder to come. Again, this is a transformation of the defensive end room where you were thinking to yourself, oh boy, you know, it's going to be a lot of a lot of pressure on Chidi Obiezar and, and Jordan Allen. Now those guys are going to be able to continue to develop and get ready to compete. And who's to say they're not going to? Those two guys are blue chip prospects. They now are going to have even more competition in their room. And now when they get on the field, they're going to have to bring, beat out some bona fide guys, some bona fide studs at those positions. And then it allows you to have positional flexibility for a guy like Alcorn Crowder and, and see what he can do uh, on the inside. You're going to have flexibility and say, hey, maybe in passing situations, he slides down to the nose guard and you're able to bring in Jordan Allen. You're able to bring in Chidi OBAs or to be on the other side of Bates or to be on the other side of Mott and find creative ways to get to the pass rusher with still just three down guys uh, and still big guys. So, so you won't have to worry about you know giving up 25 yards on, on a quarterback uh, draw or a running back screen or something like that. So again, uh, three absolutely massive pickups over the last 24 hours. Uh, two of them Division One transfer guys, one JUCO transfer who will sign his letter of intent uh, today as you guys are listening. Um, so it, it's been a fun 24 hours in K-State football recruiting. Um, things are really starting to take shape on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you got your one safety. I think you're taking care of at defensive end. I think you're still going to be looking for a nose guard um, with Austin Moore coming back. I don't know if you're going to need a linebacker. Maybe you try to find one linebacker, uh, but that's not nearly as high of a priority for me. I think you still want to bring in one to two uh, wide receivers, uh, maybe one to two cornerbacks, because, again, you always need to be bringing in uh, defensive backs uh, in modern college football. Um, But, folks, I'm starting to get real excited for – Um, the defense especially next year, and I wasn't worried. Uh, The staff knows how to handle the portal. Almost every year we've gotten better in the portal than uh, worse, Um, and I don't think this upcoming year is going to be any different. So um, the excitement I have for K-State football 2024 is only um, rising, and, and we have that bowl game next week. So I'm looking forward to it. 
I'm not look after a two-hour episode yesterday. I'm not going to keep you guys any longer than I need to. Um, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company helping fund that dr- uh, drunk Q and A. Go check out the 1012 Network YouTube page or the 1012 Podcast podcast feed to hear me, myself, Philip Slavin of the 1012 Podcast, and the three-headed monster that are the owners of Manhattan Brewing Company pairing Pop-Tarts with different Manhattan Brewing Company beers. Um, check out the drunk Q&A from yesterday. Check out my interview with Jeff Mitty. Folks, if you haven't listened to that one, uh, I, I give you a pass. I'll give you a pass if you don't listen to the two-hour drunk Q&A episode. Um Please go back and listen. It's a shorter episode, me and Jeff Mitty. Um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to have him on more in the future. Um, shout out to Charlie Hustle. Uh, seriously, the best, most stylish, and most comfortable K-State gear in the world um, in helping make this show go. Um, I want to wish you guys all a very Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you so much for a good year. Again, we got Chuck Lilly tomorrow. We're going to have one of my top ten lists on Friday. And then, uh, then it's the weekend, and then it's going to be Christmas before you know it. So um, I love all of you guys. If you see me out at the uh, T-Mobile Center, feel free to come up and say hi. Um, say hi to my dad as well. Uh, I'll be going with him. Um, so would love to see all of you guys out in Kansas City. Um, so, yeah, like I said, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We love you guys, and go Cats.
Social Podcast Network.